Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to part two of the episode entitled The Spirit of Witchcraft. I will attempt to cover the rest of the message that God has spoken to my spirit this week, so let's start by looking at Acts 8, 9 through 19. Starting at the ninth verse, it reads, Now for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. It goes on in the 10th verse to say, And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. Please notice that the word God in this verse is capitalized, meaning that they're referring to the true and living God. Verse 11 continues, They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. That same 11th verse in the King James Version reads, And for him they had regard, because for a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. In the Wycliffe Version, again that 11th verse reads, And they believed him. For a long time he had matted them with his witchcrafts. Forsooth, all believed him for this thing, that much time he had made them mad with his witchings. In the Wycliffe version, it's basically saying that he made them crazy. They lost their minds and sensible ways of thinking and reasoning for themselves through Simon's witchcraft. I could so easily make a reference to someone in this very time period who seems to have done the same thing to so many, but then that would take me in an entirely different direction than the one that our Father is leading me, so I won't go there at this time. However, please hold on to this 11th verse because we will revisit that particular verse later in this episode. Continuing with verse 12, it reads, But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Simon became a believer, a true believer. He became a Christian, a follower of Christ, and yet 
money was still his stimulus. He still believed that it was his money that could be used to give him more of the control that he wanted over the people. He wanted the ability of laying on of hands, and rather than seeing it as something to glorify the Father, he saw it as even more power and domination that he could possess. Peter rebuked Simon, but there are far too many in the church today who have not been rebuked, corrected, challenged, or changed because of what they do and the motives behind the things they do. And just as Simon then, today those in leadership do what they do for money, fame, power, control, and domination. They do it in order to have more followers, not followers of Christ, but followers of their names. They do this so that they will receive the glory, honor, and praise. They accomplish their goals by manipulating, intimidating, and dominating their members and others who are led by them. Again, I must ask, why do we do what we do for God? When we pray, do we pray to glorify His name? And when we pray, whose name is it that we want to be known, his or ours? In the 119th division of Psalms, the psalmist prayed, keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. Whether it was David or Daniel who wrote this song, he knew and understood, even as a man who truly loved God, that he needed to be aware and pray concerning deceitful ways. The church is seeing a great decline in membership and an even greater decline among young people. Generation Z is walking away from the church and Christ in frightening numbers, and it's all because they are seeing the deception in the body of Christ. Those of us who are truly saved and dedicated to Christ cannot allow ourselves to be deceived. Don't be fooled by the fact that we're seeing a revival here or there with hundreds being saved coming in the front door while at the same time thousands are leaving and rejecting Christ going out of the back door. And they're leaving because they're not being deceived by the lies and hypocrisy. They see no character or morals, and they recognize the absolute absence of honor and integrity in the body of Christ. Again, in the same Psalms, at the 36th verse, it reads, Turn my heart toward your statutes and not toward selfish gain. Too many, far too many, have allowed their hearts to be turned toward selfish gain. The psalmist knew it then, but we ignore it now. What are our motives? Are they truly to glorify the Father? Again, young people are seeing the deception and they want no part of it. Young black people are learning our true history. They're reading and knowing as to how the Bible was used, not with the intent of saving the souls of the slaves, but to manipulate them into obeying their masters. Ephesians 6, 5 and Colossians 3, 22 were taught continually to the slaves so that they would not only obey their masters, but that they would do it in total compliance. Now young black people everywhere are rejecting the Bible and looking at it with disdain. 
Too many are turning to Islam and Muhammad, to the black Jews as opposed to the Bible and Christ. Young people, white and non-white, are looking at the hearts and spirits of their pastors. They're seeing and discerning the deception. They're seeing pastors fall in adultery, but still preaching every Sunday. They're seeing pastors being caught stealing from the congregations and yet still demanding the tithe. They see the hatred, racism, and division coming from the pulpits and members of the congregation, but still hearing that God loves us all. These young people are hearing and seeing these deceptions, and they want no part of it. And it's all because of the witchcraft, the manipulation, intimidation, and domination that's used for the gains of man. Again, remember that according to the Strong's Concordance, witchcraft is defined and explained as deceptions and seductions, not spells and incantations. Manipulation, intimidation, and domination are the three things used to deceive and seduce the people of God. Because some, not all, but some pastors saw the pulpit and utilized it as a means to get money. Many didn't start out that way, but later they fell into the trap. And rather than seeking God for deliverance, they embraced it. They went after their own desires and selfish gain. Again, the 119th division of Psalm at the 36th verse, when the psalmist said selfish gain, he was speaking of covetousness, profit, unjust and dishonest earnings. Money for our own greed and covetousness cannot be the purpose and motives for which we pray to the Father. It cannot be why we evangelize, preach, and teach the word of God. Does this mean that we should not ask God for the finances that we need? Of course not. However, as stated earlier, in whatever we ask the Father, we must search our motives and ultimately desire that only which will glorify his name. And we must also remember that we cannot ask the Father for what we don't give him. Don't ask for money if we're not giving him money. And don't ask to see his glory if we're not giving him his glory. With all that's being said, again I must ask, do we truly understand what it means to glorify the Father? As stated in part one of this title, I had never heard a sermon preached, a lesson taught, or even a message in tongues that was given as something supposedly from God as to what it truly means to give God glory or to glorify his name. Yes, there were thousands of songs that sang about it, but never truly defined it. We all want to see his glory, but we can't see his glory if we don't give him his glory. Let's look at John 17 and 1. It reads, after Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Too many want the glory. 
We want to see and experience it, but we don't understand that it belongs to the Father and he will only give his glory to those whose motives and desires are wholeheartedly to glorify him. Glory first and foremost is spiritual and it cannot be seen or felt in our hearts, minds, and flesh. It must first be given from our spirits to the Father who will in turn then allow it to be experienced by his sons and daughters again in their spirits as he sees fit. It's all totally spiritual until God chooses to reveal it. When we absolutely give him his true glory, then upon occasion he will allow it to be manifested so that all can see it upon us. We can't have what we don't give, and we can't give it if we don't understand it. To glorify the Father means to honor, extol, magnify, and celebrate Him. It means to cause His dignity and worth to become manifested and acknowledged. The word glory is defined as reputation and reverence, and unfortunately, too many have sullied, defiled, disgraced, and literally ruined the reputation of God. That name that was once revered and honored by all men, both Christians and non-Christians alike, is now totally disregarded and ignored. His glory has been ruined by those who stand in pulpits all over the world saying and doing things that bring complete dishonor to his holy name. It's up to us as Christians, followers of Christ, believers of Christ, to restore the reputation of God that we have besmirched. It's our place and responsibility to live lives that show and teach not only that God is real, but that God honors those who honor him. We must live lives that show that God honors integrity, character, moral, and honor because he is a God who possesses these qualities. These are the types of lives that every person should live Christians or otherwise, but especially those who profess Christianity. Christians have ruined God's reputation by living ungodly, unholy lives. God could easily restore his own glory and his own reputation by striking us dead or even putting signs in the skies that would cause us to fear him while at the same time cause us to realize that he and that he alone is the true and living God. However, that would cause us to serve him because we fear him and not because we love him. God wants our obedience and honor because we love him. With that love, honor, and reverence comes a certain appropriateness of fear. However, that fear is a respect and glory that only God is due and that should only be given to him. Far too many see God's glory or think of his glory as an exterior brightness, shining lights, or twinkling manifestations. Angels 
at least the one or two that I've actually experienced in my lifetime, do have the exterior brightness. In fact, it's so bright, at least with the ones that I experienced, until I could actually not bring myself to look directly into the face of the angel itself. However, the glory of God is on a totally different level. Remember the seraphims in Isaiah 6 when it says with two wings they covered their faces? Well, I believe that it was a matter that the holiness of God is so great and intense that it cannot be looked at directly even by the seraphims. If I couldn't see the full face of an angel because of its glory, one cannot begin to imagine what the exterior glory of God is like even though it's spiritual. But again, that's not the glory he wants to pour out upon his sons and daughters, but that's exactly what many in the body of Christ want and expect. Neither was that the kind that Jesus asked for when he prayed in John 17. What Jesus was asking his father for was that the honor, dignity, and worth of God be acknowledged through him so that he, Jesus, could in return give that same glory back to the father. If God says the same, I might have another 20, maybe even 25 years on this earth. So I'm at total peace that my time and even this ministry is coming to an end. However, for many of you, yours is not. Some of you may have as many as 40, 50, or even more years on this earth should Jesus tarry. Therefore you, we cannot allow ourselves to be deceived, lied to, and manipulated. We cannot allow the great spirit of witchcraft that has entered into the church and body of Christ to defraud and dupe us as Simon did with the people of Samaria. They thought it was a man being used by God when all it was was Simon's trickery. We must seek our father's face for his glory to be revealed and not in the sense of seeing rainbows in the sky or angels sitting down with us having conversations over coffee. That foolishness and deceitfulness must stop. If we were still under the law, each and every one of those so-called prophets who prophesied about the last presidential election and who continued to lie in the name of God today would be stoned to death. They'd better all be thanking God for this dispensation of grace. The manipulation and control from the pulpits using the name of God has to end because it is in no way giving glory to the Father. The devastation of God's reputation must end. We must ask the Father as to how he wants his glory revealed and ask him what it is that we must do to glorify his name. No matter what we think or feel, if it's not our Father's will, then it will not glorify him. 
Remember, Proverbs 16.25 tells us that there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Therefore, not our way, but God's way and God's will, that's the right way. Those of the fivefold ministry who have been duped into the money game didn't all start out that way. Pastors, preachers, teachers, prophets, and evangelists all have bills to pay. They have families to feed and responsibilities. For me, as a prophet, I live by faith. God has taught me to trust him to minister to his sons and daughters as how to bless me as opposed to me trying to prophesy my way into their purses. But unfortunately, others have felt that they had to do whatever was necessary in order to bring the finances that they need and want. They saw the tricks and manipulations that worked to cause the people of God to give and use them to exploit the sons and daughters of our Father. But let me say that this practice is not only in the church, but used by politicians, leaders, scam artists, and many others to seduce people, not only into giving money to their causes, but also allowing these witchcraft workers to have powers over their minds and their lives. Politicians and others will use the lies that they know their followers will embrace even when people sometimes know deep down in their hearts that what they're being told is not true. But yet, the spirit of witchcraft entices them to follow and help to spread these lies so much until they actually begin to believe that these lies are true. And you can call it what you want. False news, fake news, misinformation, charlatans, false prophets, or whatever, but they are all deceptions used by witchcraft to produce manipulations, intimidations, and domination. The deception by witchcraft in the church must stop, but it will only stop when we stop allowing ourselves to be taken in by these lies. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I- T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support and may God bless each and every one of you.